the shadows you can hear the sounds the rumble of a hundred hellhounds cries of the banshee terror of the windigo you all they can't see if they just know where to go it's the creature Whoa. it's the creature And welcome to the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I am Kat. And we are also joined here by Kat's classmate, Heather, who is also a massive Supernatural fan. Hello. So she'll be giving her two cents <laughs> here and there about stuff that we missed because uh, we are amateurs to the She's mythology. better than both of us. <laughs> sure, I'll... <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, she... I don't even know where that came from. I don't know. I wish we were like recording this like with a video camera because Heather's like face is so priceless. <laughs> Heather has the greatest facial expressions. Yes. Someone suggested that we do that on the group on the group thing. They sent me an email saying, you should have, like, live recording. And I'm like, but we make a lot of mistakes. And, like, yeah, but people still like seeing that. And I'm just like, but I'm hideous on camera. But I'm so awkward. Yeah. Kat is, like, better looking than me, but she's so awkward. And I'm so hideous. So maybe in six months when I get my beach bod or whatever, as I work out and drink nothing but water and boiled chicken, I will be ready to go on camera for people. No, you know what you guys should do is you know how you know TV shows these days will offer like a descriptive audio thing, yeah. Where there's like the voiceover that describes everything that's going on. I'm just describing like, just imagine like a monotone, gender neutral voice describing like all the weird facial expressions and everything that's going on. Stay a quick thing that I forgot to mention in the last week's episode. Don't forget to write us on <laughs> iTunes, Google Play, and if you can't do either one of those things, but you should be able to go Google Play. If your computer doesn't want to download iTunes, I know Apple's products sometimes are kind of weird. Uh, you can also listen to the episodes on RadioHard.com, and if you do, make sure you leave a comment under the episode that you just listened to as well. Join our group page, leave a comment. Repost our website on your page on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. So if you can't leave a rating for us for whatever reasons because you can't download iTunes, which is perfectly understandable, please at least repost us because the sharing of our podcast to your friends on social media helps us get more listeners as well. So just a recommendation. You don't have to do it, but it really does help us. One comment that was left on iTunes was about uh, they thought we went a little off topic with something, some things about the show. We're limited to what we can talk about with the show because we're not doing an entire episode review. And not only that, according to the episode guides that we're using and the hunter's manuals that we're using, the lore of the creature that they're fighting is only contained to probably about 10 to 15 minutes of the entire show itself. There's the drama with Sam and Dean. There's whatever's going on in Cass and Crowley's life. I mean, before we even get to Cass and Crowley, it's mainly just Sam, Dean, and Bobby. And sometimes the monster from the show isn't actually, like, even real lore. Yeah. So we have to find other stuff because they don't have something that's from real-world lore. No, and even Kripke has stated in twice now that I read from the from the episode guys by Nicholas Knight, who, by the way, has been on my show twice. I hope to have him on the show again. Nicholas Knight also wrote The Essential Supernatural Guide, which is really awesome. Here, I'll hand this to Heather so she can flip through it because I'm sure she is just, like, dying to go through there that There you go, thing. Heather. There's all sorts of things that you can pull out and stuff. Well, look, there's a map of where Sam and Dean has been up to season nine. Which I almost just dropped. No, it's fine. Isn't that really cool? There's an entire, like, yeah. yeah. And there's also, like, by the way, there's also posters in there of the book covers of uh, the books that Chuck wrote. 
So lots of really cool stuff. It's beautiful. It like something out of Titanic. I asked Nick <laughs> when he came on the show, uh, just before we get to our episode about the Wendigo, uh, I asked Nick about, like, wh- how... How cool is it you get to be on the show? What do you do? Do you interact with everybody? He's like, I'm literally just – I'm there for every episode as as much as possible when I'm writing down facts upon everything that Dean, you know, that Jared and Jensen and, and Misha are doing. And I'm just like writing stuff down and following them around. And I'm just writing stuff down. I'm just like, <laughs> your job is so cool. That's so great. I want to do that. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll go up there. We'll take a trip up. We'll take a uh, road trip up to Vancouver sometime, <laughs> which is where they film all that stuff. Every time they film in Massachusetts, I'm always like, "That's not in Massachusetts. That's not in Massachusetts. That's not what the police station looks like." They got it wrong. I talked to Dee Wallace when she came when when she's come on my show about because she was in Supernatural last year. She played the uh, that horny old woman in the retirement home that was all like like touching Dean. He's like, "Your hand is still on my knee. I can move my hand up further." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go." And then Sam and Dean have that exchange about which one of the Golden Girls they had the hots for. (laughs) Okay, give us the episode synopsis for Wendigo and when it aired. Following their father's coordinates, Sam and Dean end up at Blackwater Ridge, where a group of campers are missing. Looking into previous disappearances, Sam and Dean find that they are dealing with a Wendigo who now threatens the lives of one of the missing campers' sisters, who is out searching for him with the assistance of their brothers. And this episode was released on September 20, 2005. And the Wendigo in this episode was played by Roy Campsoul, and it was directed by David Nutter. Uh, and it was written by Eric Kripke, the showrunner and creator of Supernatural. I love how there was in this episode. These are these are a little hard to find sometimes, and sometimes they're really quick on the show, like a flash in front of the camera for a couple seconds, so you have really have to catch them. But there's a Blackwater Ridge Review made up newspaper article for the episode, which I will read from October 1959. Young boy incredibly survives savage attack. Uh, nine-year-old Stevenson Shaw crawled out of lock. Lost Creek yesterday morning, barely alive. Injured and exhausted and clearly traumatized, the boy claimed that a monster had dragged his parents off into the night. The rangers coordinated a search party, but were unable to find any trace of Stevenson's parents, save with the trail of blood that led off into the woods. That kid's parents got mauled by a grizzly, plain and simple, Ranger Daniels asserts. Where it took them, I couldn't tell you. When asked what he saw, the boy trembled and said, I, I didn't see it. It moved so fast. It was a bear. The roar was unnatural. Then young Stevenson Shaw looked at me with an intensity the reporters rarely seen. How to get inside our cabin? It didn't smash a window or break the door. What kind of bear can turn a doorknob? I had no answer for him, and I suspect no one ever will. But written by Henry Morgan. So I love it when they create like fake newspaper articles for things. Yeah. Um, I have a fake newspaper that I picked up, one, and I cherish it, even though it was a terrible movie. I have the... Um, and I have it framed right next to one from 1992. I have the 1992 actual newspaper article of the death of Superman framed next to the Daily Planet's recent death of Superman from the Batman vs. Superman movie. <laughs> and I love, again, like fake, fake, fake newspaper stuff like that. I also have a rarity. I, have, uh, I got it at a yard sale years ago. Um, this is totally related to Supernatural. I have a rare copy of a Time magazine with the Ghostbusters on it from 1984 but it's the in-movie Time magazine (laughs) so this is like a super rare collector's item that I have that I will always cherish until the day I die and then I'll give it to Kat because recovering ghosts. <laughs> so if I die tomorrow, this is what you inherit. Okay. <laughs> All right. The Supernatural episode uh, guide also has a thing about Wendigos. Um, and then uh, 
we have a little quote from Dean where it says, Chow time, you freaky bastard. Yeah, that's right. Bring it on, baby. I taste good. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself when I saw that episode and I'm, I'm watching this and thinking of all the female Supernatural fans who are in love with Dean Winchester are probably thinking to themselves, mm. <laughs> slicing off a piece of Dean pie. <laughs> Give me some pie. Give me some pie. (laughs) Where's my pie, Sammy? Where's my onions? i got to sit in the car with your onions. (laughs) Different origins of the Wendigo exist, including spirit possession and a clinical psychosis, but the most widespread lore warns of the black magic and cannibalism. The stories have been passed down by Native American tribe as well as explorers and missionaries across North America from as far back as the 17th century. What do you got about Wendigo's cat? I found out that... They're mainly from Native American lore. Okay. Um, They were strongly associated with the winter, the north, and coldness, as well as famine and starvation. The Wendigo is seen as an embodiment of gluttony, greed, and excess. Never satisfied after killing and consuming one person, they are constantly searching for new victims. Now, this is like one of these episodes where there is probably a shit ton of lore about the Wendigos. And there's like, also, we'll get to it at the very end, but I'll give a list, uh, I think I emailed it to you, a list of like, there's like a hundred movies about the Wendigo, oh, if yeah. you can believe that. There's like, and, and um, the Wendigo is always confused with like the Sasquatch and the Yeti and the Bigfoot. None of those things have ever been fought on Supernatural. Can you believe that? Yeah. They've never fought Bigfoot. It's crazy, because these are like the big like legends that you think about when you think of like American lore and... Yeah, stop fighting angels and demons. Yeah. Go fight a freaking Loch Ness monster. How <laughs> awesome would that be? They've gone, like, out of country one time that was only to dig up Crowley's body in season six. Yeah. You know? Just, oh, I would love... They have the Men in Letters storyline going on right now. Go to England and go fight the Loch Ness monster. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make it a person transforms into the Loch Ness monster like you did that crappy dragon episode from season six. Ah, uh, season six. I love that. <laughs> Heather has some two cents. Oh, uh, just a side note. As I was flipping through the essential supernatural, I found a bit said to be by Moisha Campbell in a practical manual for hunters. Moisha Campbell. He's a <laughs> yeah. person on the show, isn't he? Doesn't he show up in the credits every so often? I think so. It says January 1937. Okay. But there's a section on Wendigos. It says these creatures are prevalent in the Minnesota or northern Michigan area. I would not have encountered such a creature if I had not accompanied my relatives on a hunt while I was vacationing in the Midwest last summer. Wendigo are eaters of human flesh whose cannibalism can manifest in two ways. They are either humans who are forced to eat man flesh and then continue consuming it by choice, or they can be possessed by a cannibalistic spirit that transforms them into a Wendigo. Wendigo are characterized by their long claws and ability to mimic human voices, the latter allowing them to lure victims into their dens for feeding, which we saw when it mimicked Dean and Sam's voices to lure them both into the cave. That's right, that's right. They stand slightly taller than the average man, but are skeletally thin and possess inhumanly long teeth and glowing eyes. Also pretty evident in the episode, I will... Never forget that, not even on the nights where I wake up screaming. <laughs> that, that was a yeah. creepy episode with a really... It uh, was. And, and I think a movie had just come out um, around the time that, that Supernatural debuted called The Descent. Have you ever seen this? No. It's about a woman who loses her... Um, the, I mean, the, okay, it's it's kind of like one of those movies you're like, what the fuck is this movie starting with? The first five minutes of the movie, a woman loses her husband and, and son in a tragic car accident. Like, they are ripped 
apart in this car accident in the first five minutes of the movie. They flash forward to two years later where she's hanging out with her girlfriends and they're like, this is the first time she's ever gotten out of the house since the accident. And they're like, let's go spelunking. So they go to this cave and there's all these like golem Wendigo-like creatures in the cave that they have to fight. And it's these three women, you know, like, you know, spelunking in a cave trying to like, you know, fend off the Wendigo golem-like creatures. Yikes. And like one of the golem-like creatures she has to kill, she finds out is a child and she has to do battle with the mother after she just like bashed the child's head no. in. Because the, the child's got like giant, you know, the child's gonna eat her. This is not like a, <laughs> oh, we should like comfort this thing. No, we should kill it because it's gonna eat me if I don't. And it just probably killed one of my friends. <laughs> the descent's awesome. <laughs> it's one of those movies that people complain that like, oh, it's too dark, I can't see anything. But it's one of those movies that like horror fans are really like, wow, this is innovative from groundbreaking and oh my god look at this an entire female-led horror movie where the women have to kick the ass of the monsters you know not like get saved by some sam and dean in a car (laughs) so some other names for the wendigo is windigo weendigo windago um Wetiko, and there's many others. Oh, but I'm sure there's. It's all very similar, though. Here's a uh, interesting comic book trivia fact um, that maybe uh, Heather can relate to. Um, the Wendigo was fighting the Incredible Hulk in a comic book in Canada, and who shows up at the very end of the issue to stop the both of them from tearing Canada apart? In his very first appearance, with six-inch razor-sharp retractable adamantium Wolverine. claws coming from his forearms. The Wolverine debuted in Incredible Hulk issue 180 in the final panel, and then issue 181, it was his first full appearance. The Wendigo had been fighting the Hulk and tearing Canada apart, and uh, in this, the Wendigo was a giant, furry, white monster with a tail. Um, The cannibalistic side of it not quite being so out there. Um, Later on in... um, the adjective less uh, Spider-Man title by Todd McFarlane, um, who was um, the creator of Spawn, one of the founders of Image Comics with Jim Lee, he had the Wendigo show up and uh, Wolverine, and Spider-Man was sent to Canada as Peter Parker to go take pictures of it. And the Wendigo uh, was being accused of, like, killing and eating children. And it was later revealed by Wolverine, who could, like, pick up the scent and everything, that the Wendigo had actually not touched any human children. And it was that, the and the children were being killed by a local ranger who just had a sickening appetite. Wow. Yeah. So Wolverine had to clear the Wendigo's name with the help of Spider-Man and expose this child murderer living among them. Well, that's a new one. Yeah. That was like, and it, it's kind of like, again, you look at Tom McFarlane's artwork, this is like one of those really kind of like, he was one of, I mean, he's the guy who created Spawn, you know? So he was one of those kind of like dark artists of Marvel in the 90s when everything was like, we gotta get dark and edgy because it's the 90s, you know? Look at Batman. Batman's like, we gotta, we gotta break his back and turn him into this badass, you know, kind of thing. Anyway, there was some more uh, Wendigo uh, offshoot uh, trivia and stuff. Um, the Wendigo, aka the evil that devours, is said to be larger than human and massipated with its constant hunger with teeth and fingernails that have grown into fangs and claws and glowing eyes. This creature that stalks hunters and campers in dark forest is known to have inhuman speed and strength. According to Eric Kripke, the inspiration for the look of the supernatural Wendigo creature came from the affixed twin music video, Come to Daddy, directed by Chris Cunningham. Have either one of you seen that one? No, no? I have not. <laughs> no, alright. see if we can find it here on YouTube. So the name of the video is Aphex Twin Music Video. Oh, 
that is that is frightening. What is going on? Clearly one or more substances were involved in the making of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Eric Kripke was watching when he was developing Supernatural. That, that <laughs> explains a lot. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I understand everything. Oh now. my god, I totally get it now. Do you see that, Heather? Oh my. Well, not gonna be sleeping tonight. Alright, so <laughs> at the 414 mark of the Aphex Twin music video, Come to Daddy, is where you can see where Eric Kripke got the inspiration for the Wendigo for this episode, by the way. So a little background music there for you, thanks to uh, Aphex Twin for providing that uh, clip on their uh, YouTube page, actually. Thank you for giving me nightmares. <laughs> no problem! That's what the whole show's about. Bringing families together, giving each other nightmares. Yay! So fun. The family business. Yeah. <laughs> There, there's this creature in this that kind of rises up and it's got a huge mouth. So yeah, so the Kripke begins to go into the explanation that we just saw in the music video. A, log a logical extension of the Wendigo once being human is its ability to imitate human voices, as you uh, pointed out earlier. Um, John Winchester's journal also has a bit about the Wendigo in it. If you want to check it out, he's got his crude little drawings. Now, every time I watch an older episode of Supernatural, because let's face it, the more new, more, more recent episodes, they don't bring out John's journal all that often, if you've noticed. Yeah. Obviously, John wrote the journal up to a point, and that point was the, uh, the, the pilot, because that's when Dean gets a hold of it. I always love bringing out John's journal whenever Sam and Dean reference it on the show as well, and then trying to flip to the pages that they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why don't you read to us from uh, the, the the Journal of John Winchester Cat about the Wendigo, what the John beginning? has to say. Yeah, what John okay. has to say about it. What John has to say about what it. What John has to say about it. Okay. Wendigo knows how to fast long winters, hibernates for years at a time, will hunt when necessary. Legends from local lore state that it's hundreds of years old, was once a man and turned into a cannibal, possibly from conditions such as harsh winters, cut off from supplies. Minor hunter, courier, de Bois. Dubois. Okay, thank you. Conditions of isolation and depravity turned him into a monster. Different cultures around the world carry similar legends. Cannibalism endows uh, the consumer with certain powers, such as heightened senses, strength, speed, and agility. Should I? Oh, is there a lot more? There's a whole lot. There's a whole lot more? A wow. A whole lot. I would just kind of pick at it. <laughs> okay. So basically what we mentioned, it talks about a lot of what we mentioned before. They're very tall, usually over 15 feet tall, long yellow fangs, yeah, long eyes. Yeah, kind of like the way Marvel Comics uh, draws it as well, because they, they make them like as big as the Hulk or so, because the Hulk's yeah. you know, like really big. What I found was interesting is at the beginning, it is like, it says, Cray says, um, evil that devout. Evil that devours, half phantom, half man, half beast, wood spirit, very thing. Like it's, but it says it's from Cray, which is interesting because I was, um, I when I was researching earlier, I found that one of the big stories that comes out in the history of Wendigo lore is that um, the Wendigo 
story was very popular with the Native American Cray people. And there's a story in the 20th century about a Cray man named Jack Fiddler who was tried for the murder of a Cray woman. And he, when he was on trial, he defended himself by saying that this woman was possessed by a Wendigo spirit and that she was slowly transforming into a Wendigo, so he needed to get rid of her before she could murder other people in the tribe. Mm. So I thought that was interesting. What's a, When you keep saying Cray, what is Cray from? Cray is it's a tribe of Native American people mm-hmm. who had very strong beliefs about the Wendigo. The Journal of John Winchester, everyone, uh, for listening, you can uh, still pick it up. I have the hardcover version, but it's currently in trade paperback. Oh, sorry, trade paperback. Paperback. And you can usually find it in the media section of your local uh, bookstore. Uh, I was at Barnes & Noble yesterday, and they had both the paperback version of the John Journal of John Winchester next to Bobby Singer's journal, which is a whole uh, different kind of thing. And that takes place, whereas John's journal starts after Mary is killed by the yellow-eyed demon. Bobby's journal begins shortly after his wife is killed as well, and he meets Rufus. So it goes into a lot of his uh, backstory about his relationship with Rufus and such. <clears throat> and, like, uh, he encounters monsters that have not been on the show. Everything starts after someone's wife gets killed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. About that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was after, like, two seasons of the uh, fans, especially the female fans, were pissed that, you know, it was a constant, like, wow, the women on this show, there's no girls on this show. And they find, and they bring in, like, Ruby and, uh, sorry, they bring in Ruby and uh, Bella in season three. Yeah. And uh, both of which are, like, you know, kind of big-name actresses themselves, because Bella then goes on to be on, like, the actress, uh, Lauren Cohen, goes on to be on The Walking Dead, where she plays yeah. Maggie. And Ruby has been, uh, she was Black Canary on Arrow for a number of seasons. She was on, she was in Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, the remake, the horrible, horrible remake. <laughs> and then uh, we'll get into some uh, interesting facts about uh, a character that uh, Sam and Dean was supposed to, were supposed to fight, unfortunately, due to a, a a remake of a movie, ended up not fighting when we get to that episode later on in season, I think, three or four it happens. Nicholas Knight goes into detail about how to kill the Wendigo, um, as with many other supernatural monsters, a silver bullet or silver arrowhead to the heart is rumored to do the trick. However, in most lore, during the transformation from human to Wendigo, the creature's heart turns to solid ice, so a silver or lead ice pick to the heart would work too. I think they burn the Wendigo, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, on the... The Hunter's Index, it says that the only way to kill a Wendigo is with fire. Now, what about our real-life reality? How can you kill a Wendigo? I actually... Let's say you were camping with your friends in the woods after you graduate from high school coming up, and you and one of your friends turned into a Wendigo. How would you have to kill a cat? What if Heather turned into a Wendigo? I would... I would run away. There's not enough female Sorry, Wendigos out there. I think we need a female Wendigo. So she can just start <laughs> munching on, you know, her, her classmates and Kat has to be like, No! This is just like it said in the podcast six months ago. Are you kidding? She'd be cheering and eating popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. None of your classmates should be listening to your podcast because no. yeah. I just heard <laughs> how you true. would be cheering them on to their deaths. That's, yeah. Oh, dark, girl. Very, very dark. <laughs> Anyway, as I pull out my own knife to protect myself, when did your parents come and pick you up in the sewer? <laughs> <laughs> did you get that list uh, before we wrap up the episode of the list of films the Wendigo has been in? It's on the IMDb yes, page I link I sent it. you. Unbelievable how many times a Wendigo has been in a film, huh? There's so much. There's, the Wend- there's Wendigo from 1978, uh, starring nobody that I know. 
Uh, there's Manitoui. A psychic girlfriend finds out that a lump in, on her back is a growing reincarnation of a 400-year-old demonic Native American spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wolfen, a New York cop, investigates a series of brutal deaths that resemble animal attacks. Now, I have seen this movie. This movie has nothing to do with Wendigos. I don't know why it's on here. Yeah, that's... Currently on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> Pet Cemetery. I don't... Why is that on here? That doesn't have anything to do with Wendigos. Nipmuc Indian Burial Ground. Because the Wendigo is Native American. Ah, yes. Okay. Uh, That makes sense. Ravenous, in a remote military outpost in the 19th century, Captain John Boyd and his regiment embark on a rescue mission that takes a dark turn when they are ambushed by a sadistic cannibal. Could be the Wendigo. Have not seen this movie either. Another movie just... (coughs) Excuse me. Another movie entitled Wendigo. Okay, so this is what I'm going to do next. Uh, Because I'm a filmmaker, I'm currently working on the Frankenstein movie that I'm doing, the silent short... uh, web series. My next movie is going to be a Wendigo and I'm going to cast a female as a Wendigo and she's going like, to eat her friends or something. Because there's no female Wendigos in any of these. <laughs> I think you should cast Heather. I think I should. Do you want to wear a skin suit? Can you, can you wear a skin suit? you got to wear a leotard underneath it because it might shape you a little bit. You don't want that to happen. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll put you in like a skin suit. We'll shave your head. You can donate your hair to like kids with cancer or something. Yeah? Okay. You like can work on my creepy possession voice. Yeah. I think you're already good on that. You gotta, yeah, you know. You gotta elongate. We've had sleepovers. She knows about the creepy possession voice. <laughs> Moving on from this conversation. <laughs> uh, so George is a high-strung professional photographer who is starting to unravel from the stress of his work with his Manhattan advertising agency. So he turns into a monster and kills people? It I, Again, people, I'm reading this from IMDb. Don't ask me. Cowboys and Indians, the J.J. Harper story. J.J. Harper, First Nation chief, is gunned down by police. Constable Robert Cross on his way home one snowy night in downtown Winnipeg. So I'm assuming in that he becomes a Wendigo, maybe? Because he wants revenge on the white man? Because the white man's always, you know, doing that sort of thing in films? Yeah. This is before we made politically correct Native American movies. The Lone Ranger. What the fuck? Um. This has nothing... Okay, this is the movie, by the way, from a couple years ago starring Johnny Depp and Arnie Hammer, one of the worst movies of 2013. <laughs> this is where we cast a white dude as Tonto, the Lone Ranger's freaking sidekick. What? Yes, because we all have Native American blood inside us. That was his uh, excuse. And he was, like, ordained by a local, like, tribe. But I digress. This movie has nothing to do with being a Wendigo. And that's li- That's it. That's all of the uh, listings for uh, Wendigo-related films on IMDb. Um, <laughs> I swear I thought there was another couple films, but that's all we got listed for uh, an up-to-date list, uh, thankfully. Also on IMDb, shout-out to Mallory Donahue for, ver- for her very informative opinion. What was the opinion? Oh, my She God. left a very intellectual <laughs> comment at the bottom of this. If you want to read that, that's totally fine. I'm good. <laughs> it seems like baby talk to me. <laughs> All righty then. <laughs> There's also a ton of great imaging artwork of what the Wendigo looks like. If you just happen to just Google the word Wendigo, it ranges from, like, the Wendigo being kind of like a... A demonic-looking zombie deer creature, Gollum. <laughs> the best way to describe it. <laughs> Gollum on steroids. Basically, the Wendigo has appeared in many different video games as well, such as Skyrim, War- World of Warcraft, Diablo, I mean, Minecraft as well. My kid showed me that he's like, "What is that, Daddy?" And there was this like white, ravenous-looking creature come bounding at him in Minecraft. I'm like, "Oh, that's what? a Wendigo! That's awesome! Kill it! Kill it!" <laughs> 
I don't have anything else to add about the Wendigo for this episode of Supernatural. Do you, Kat? I do not. Tether? Nope. No? Again, one of the freakiest creatures they probably encounter in the show, and this is like back when the show had a budget to do things, like put a person in a costume. Yeah. Compared to just like, oh, look, my eyes are black. Oh, look, my eyes are red. I must be a demon. And don't forget, you can check us out on our Facebook group page, Supernatural Creatures and Lore. Please join it, where you can interact with us, the host. You can also find us on Twitter, which is run by my co-host, Kat. It is Supernatural Creature Lore. And you can find us, we also have individual YouTube channels, Radio of Horror, where you can check out all my interviews with past guests and current guests for the Dr. Chris Radio Horror Show, which I do with my co-host Jess O'Lantern, who provides our theme song for us as well. And you can subscribe to me on YouTube at Cat Loves Cats. Cat Loves Cats. I love cats. Cats are awesome. I have a cat. His name is Sebastian. He will protect me from the Wendigo. He comes out at night to my room. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I just found an entire an entire website of uh, supernatural erotic fiction, and there's a Wendigo erotic fiction. We might save that for the midnight show some other night. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Um, I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know either. This would be something Dean would find it would <laughs> dean probably uploaded that to the internet oh my god yes Just imagining sam saying hey get this <laughs> <laughs> and dean like downloading it whatever on his computer goodbye next week for our uh, lady or ghost in water episode goodbye goodbye <laughs> in the shadows you can hear the sounds the rumble of the haunted Cries of the banshee, terror of the wind go. You all they can't see if they just know where to go. It's the creature. Whoa. It's the creature. Whoa. It's the creatures from the supernatural.